This is Annie Berglund, cat owner, struggling vegan, and teacher of animal ethics. And you're listening to Seeing Animals, a little project to highlight the lesser known spaces where animals exist. Because I believe that when we start seeing animals, we start caring about them. I'm sitting in a cat shelter in Green Bay, Wisconsin called Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary having just met a handful of adorable special needs cats. Um, photos are going to be up on Instagram for followers and listeners, so you should check those out. They're really cute. And across from me is Elizabeth Feldhausen, owner of Safe Haven. Thank you for being on the podcast, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me. I'm really, really excited, like <laughs> genuinely very excited to meet you. So kind of framing this episode, with my students, we discuss some of the ethical concerns around pet ownership, um, the idea as pets as companions versus autonomous creatures, pets as commodities or property, their use as status symbols even. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, there are other concerns like uh, massive amounts of euthanasia in shelters over the years. There's estimates of one and a half to five million or euthanized pets in shelters. And then case after case of animal cruelty, whether it's intentional or unintentional, like neglect and hoarding or uh, abusive situations like torture. So there's just, there's a really a need for supporting organizations like Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary. Um, and I'd love if we could just talk to you about this because you're far more interesting than I am and you know more about it. So I'd love to know, Elizabeth, like what your path is in kind of starting a pet sanctuary what what is a cat sanctuary and why special needs cats in particular um so when I was growing up I had a cat that had something similar to a stroke Mm -hmm. um he wasn't able to walk or eat on his own or do anything on his own after that it was the left side of his body that didn't work so um we did everything we could to try to find help for him but we couldn't find help for him anywhere and there were no shelters or anyone that had any type of advice or had ever dealt with a situation like that. Everyone recommended euthanasia. Mm. Um, but he was still enjoying life and purring and being him himself. But he couldn't do anything on his own. So what we did was we rehabilitated him, like my family, at my house. And after, it was probably only about six months, he regained the ability to walk um, and eat and do everything on his own. Mm. So in the beginning, he was kind of uh, like in diapers. We were spoon feeding him, but he was still really enjoying life. And I could tell that he had a lot of life left to live. And if he had to be fed and cleaned up after like that his whole life, we would have done it. Right. Um, But we rehabilitated him ourselves and kind of realized... It's just that people need to be willing to give the time and the funds to mm-hmm. these animals and then they can be re- rehabilitated and have a normal life after that, a normal happy life. So I was working at a different type of career. I was a brand manager okay. um, within a women's clothing franchise. Oh, and right. That's a turn. <laughs> it, it's Yeah. So I went to school for psychology Um, Ended up doing brand management and social media marketing. And then when I decided that wasn't the world I wanted to be in, Mm -hmm. um, I just quit with absolutely no plan and had enough money saved up to like make it a couple months. And (laughs) this is something that like was always a stretch goal or like a dream that I never thought I would be able to do. But I thought about it and I was like, I don't have any commitments right now. I'm just going to go for it. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. So um, I started the sanctuary for cats that had disabilities or special needs. How long ago was that? 
2016. So we opened our doors in December of 2016, and we became a nonprofit organization in, in April 2016. Oh, okay. Yeah. And you're like super young now. So this <laughs> this change probably happened like right after graduating from undergrad. Is that true? Or, or kind of uh, right away? I was 24. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. 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 Good for you. <laughs> so special needs cats kind of came out of your own personal experience with with your with cat. And, and I kind of am the same way too. So I used to live in South Korea and this is going to be like a little tangent, but highlighting how difficult this job is for you and for the volunteers here I I, from a series of strange events ended up with a paralyzed kitten at about nine ten weeks old and like I picked him up at at the subway station in Seoul and like he was in a little box I brought him home Um, my husband was playing Beck an album by Beck so we named the cat Beck he was super super sweet but he had rear leg paralysis um, and so I remember that first night I, I was really terrified because I had heard of fading kitten syndrome Yep. and correct me if I'm wrong. That's essentially like they need to be in proximity to a mother or they can kind of become lethargic or lose interest in eating or. Um, yeah. They, it's similar to that. Yeah. And, um, bottle feeding and having something similar to like the feel of a mother doesn't always do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially when it's like neonatal kittens, right? Right, like right. Eight, nine weeks old is probably fine, right? Yeah, usually around that time they're okay. Yeah, and I was like, I was just very anxious about it. So that night I was like, I need to replicate um, a cat. <laughs> so I didn't do anything <laughs> strange like groom him or something weird. But um, I found like a purring app on my phone because those exist, which is pretty bizarre. Like, who's using those? <laughs> I don't know what that's for. But I had, like, I was using it in the most innocent way possible of, like, actually trying to keep a paralyzed kitten alive. And so I was, like, I had to quarantine him. It's a it's a Korean micro studio, so it's really small. Mm-hmm. And I had another cat, and I just, I was worried that since Beck was from the street, like, maybe he had a parasite or something that my other cat might get. So we're in this tiny bathroom. There's, like, a sink, a toilet and a shower like a stand-up shower and maybe like a foot of room around each of those so I'm curled around the toilet on the ground (laughs) sleeping that night with a cat on my chest and then the purring app needless to say he he lived through the night but uh, we go to the vet the next day and it turns out that he had rear leg paralysis as well as a broken leg and based on x-rays the the vet believed that it might have been somebody who stepped on him whether intentionally or unintentionally And with rear leg paralysis, um, you had mentioned before, like the use of diapers. So he was too small to be able to wear any diapers that we could find. And um, I'm sure there were some special made ones. I don't know if you guys have like specially made pet diapers. Is that a thing that um, exists? I mean, it does exist, but it's pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. So we just use extra small and extra, extra small, like chihuahua dog diapers, basically like tiny dog diapers and they fit the cats. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been excellent. Instead, um, he just kind of we, we just ended up cleaning a lot. And I remember watching like YouTube tutorials by Kitten Lady. Yeah. Who's like famous for rehabilitating, especially very young kittens mm-hmm. that, that do experience or, or might experience fading kitten syndrome. Um, and she shows you like how to locate a bladder and express that, how to like manually express bowels. And it's as pleasant as it sounds. And you're, you're I remember standing like over a toilet and trying to find what feels like a 
kind of like a deflated balloon, right? And you're yeah, like, like a little water balloon. Yeah. Yep. And the the vet said, you know, it's really good you came in because his bladder had been so full it might erupt. And that's right. really the danger of it. Like it's very, it could be fatal very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so all that to say, you guys are saints. Like you're superhuman <laughs> here. And, and the work you're doing is, is really, really good. So um, thank you for that. And, and it is... It, it, you require a tirelessness and like a passionate love to be able to do this on the daily. Um, and that that's inspiring on its own. Could you tell us a little bit about some of the cases of the cats here? You know, what, why they came into your sanctuary, maybe who was the initial contact in receiving them and some of their stories? Um, so it used to be just me and one other person oh. who was yeah, running Safe Haven until about um, a year and a half ago. We moved to a bigger building and got mm. more staff and more volunteers. Um, but it was me and one other person. And now if someone were to surrender or transfer a cat here, it, it still usually goes through me or one other person. Okay. So we're not a very large operation. Um, but typically we get requests from other shelters where it's something that they're not able to handle and Mm. they need someone with more expertise to take on the case um like willow she was hit by a car okay and then brownie was also run over by a car and they both came transferred to us from other shelters um because we we do staff to be able to express bladders Mm -hmm. and everything else like that three to four times a day and we do have staff here for timed medications, like every 12 hours, we have lots of diabetic cats who need their insulin. Oh, wow. Stuff like that. Um, and then there are still shelters who are kind of going by kind of, I would say, old the old ways mm-hmm. um, where FIV cats are euthanized immediately. Right. Um, so the shelters in our area know that we'll take cats with FIV. Yeah, can you explain what FIV is and why they might be euthanized at these other shelters? So it's feline immunodeficiency virus, um, and it's similar to HIV in humans. It's a weakened immune system. Um, It it can be passed to other cats, but it's very, very unlikely. It's only transferred when the... um, so when the affected cat bites a ca- another cat deep enough mm-hmm. that it would get into their bloodstream. So in a calm environment like we have, we've never had it transferred to any other cats. And they do just fine in homes with other cats who do not have FIV. But now we know with the information that we have now that it's more like HIV where it's very hard to catch mm-hmm. and they just have a weaker immune system, might need a couple more antibiotics before they kick an upper respiratory infection. Sure. Whereas it used to be thought of more like AIDS. Um, and now we know that that there's a difference. Um, FELV is the one that can be extremely contagious. And once they have it, they have a couple years to live tops. Okay. Um, where FIV, they can live a full life. And do you have any with F- FELV? Is that the... We are not set up for FELV. There okay. are actually other shelters that are. Um, sanctuaries, though, typically don't have, like, the stainless steel cages and, like, the airtight quarantine spaces. Mm. So that can transfer very easily, um, and we don't have the setup for it. We've always rented pretty old buildings Mm -hmm. and we just can't make anything airtight there's no way 
there's always going to be the transfer of air from one cat to another here. Sure. Yeah. And as you were describing kind of like the peacefulness of the sanctuary, like that is very felt as you walk in, like it's a big room, there's a big open window and the cats are really just kind of chilling on each, like they have their own chair Mm -hmm. (laughs) per cat. And I could see how there probably wouldn't be an issue of them getting aggressive with each other, especially since a lot of these cats kind of live their whole lives here. Is that correct? Yep. Um, Some of them do. Um, And also they're supervised. And then one other thing to take into consideration is the majority of them came from places where they were in small cages or in bad situations. Mm. And they get here and you'd think that it's hard for cats to adjust to 40 other cats. But they're just so happy to be like out of a cage or out of the situation they were in that we never really have any fighting. Okay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, they're all just really happy to be here. Yeah, they seemed it for sure. And and I'm sure they're used to a lot of different people coming in. And so oh, their yeah. engagement with strangers seemed fine. I came in and none of them really were phased by me. Right. Which is, is kind of miraculous given that a lot of them came out of abusive situations, mm-hmm. right? So you mentioned Brownie, who is a sweetie who I took a picture of and I'll post. Um, and she has like a little pink diaper on, a little <laughs> um, tortoise shell cat. And she... Has rear leg paralysis, yeah, and she's incontinent. Yep, she's incontinent. So she is one of the ones that we need to express every day. Okay. So, and she, luckily, she can't feel it Mm. um, because the way that her spine is broken, she is basically numb from the middle of her spine down. So we can squeeze her bladder until it's empty and we can get everything else out of her that Mm. we need to. Um, and she, the only thing that she doesn't like about it is being held still. So, <laughs> oh yeah, she was she's moving easy. a lot. Yep, she can run faster than a lot of the other cats that don't have paralysis. Yeah, yeah. You were talking a bit about her um, experience before she came here, and she was run over by a car. Is that right? or hit by a car? Yeah. So she had a family. Um, she came from San Antonio, Texas. Oh wow. Um. She had a family. She got out. She was out for quite a while. She got pregnant. um, And then she was run over by a car. While she was pregnant? While pregnant. So... I'm assuming she lost... Like, the kittens didn't survive. No. Um, And with the way that her spine was broken, if the kittens were to grow to full term, they would have hurt her. Mm. So... um, She lost the kittens. Um, She was picked up by animal control. Um... We know a vet that works with the animal control there, and she also has her own rescue called Hand Me Down Hounds, and it's mostly dogs, but she's from our area, so when she finds a cat that could fit in at our sanctuary, um, she calls us right away. Oh, great. So Brownie made the trip here from San Antonio. Um, She had an abscessed bite wound that was so big that you couldn't stitch one side to the other side, so we had to use this like medical firm piece of gel I guess you just put in there as like a fake skin and then you try to stitch that down Mm. so that was really that was the first major abscess bite wound we had and it was right by where she goes to the bathroom it was like on her butt cheek Mm. so we had to try to keep it clean while expressing her and she was one of the most difficult cases we've ever had but now she's the happiest cat that we have here for the yeah. most part, as long as when she gets to know you, she can be a little shy. Mm-hmm. But when she gets to know you, she's very sweet and she is pain free. Um, she just will probably have a hard time getting a family because mm-hmm. you have to know how to feel a bladder and you have to know how to make her go to the bathroom. And 
um she can leak so she wears the diaper yeah 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 and i can attest to how a week with beck before he was adopted that was it is brutally hard to to take care of a kitten 24 7 especially when you're ill-equipped like me but i'm sure Mm -hmm. like people here at your uh, your volunteers your staff here like they've all been trained so um and they have a heart and a passion for it but yeah it it's a big ask to have somebody adopt a cat that has so so much need. Um, right. So it's really great that she's here. That's what I was going to say. I can't believe you found someone to adopt it in a week. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have a kitten in the same type of situation at my house right now as a foster, and he actually has diarrhea, so mm. um, he can make it to the box. His back legs don't work. He can make it to a box and use a box, mm-hmm. but he can't get there very fast. So he's not making it on time right now. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, you, we got to get this fixed so you can get adopted because nobody's going to take you while you're leaking diarrhea all over the place. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm <laughs> sure the the couple that adopted Beck, they're um, Canadians. They were living in uh, just kind of outside of Seoul. And um, based on where they worked um, and, and kind of also where they lived, I could tell they had a lot more money and resources and time oh, than nice. I had. So I think yeah. that was really good. They also had a special needs dog. Oh. Um, and they even got like, they got back acupuncture oh. to try to get that, regain some of that feeling in his legs. Um, like they, they tried a lot of things, like more than most, I think more than most people who have illnesses and diseases get a chance to, to try right and right. so he was really fortunate um he only lived to be about nine or ten months old because uh what i've read is that male cats have a harder time with paralysis because they can mm-hmm. get more infection yeah uh, from yeah. especially even with diapers it can it can get into their yeah right um and it's really hard to learn how to express a cat. Mm. Um, and if you don't do it all the way every single time, like if there's a few drops of urine still in there, mm. um, it can sit in there and become infected fairly quickly. Mm. So male cats that have paralysis, it's, it is just a lot harder. Yeah. 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 And, and it's, that's a sad, really sad consequence, but, um, at least, you know, he got, Whatever, eight eight months in a home where people really cared about him. Right. And thinking about like a paralyzed kitten on the street in a city of 10 million people, like, he's not going to last very oh, long unless yeah. somebody was there. And he got a good life mm-hmm. for the life that he had versus just dying out there. So, yeah, for sure. He got to know love. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Is there, oh, are there any other stories kind of similar to Brownie? Or, or do you have any um, cats here that maybe came from hoarding situations or like kitty mills? Or is that something that's more. Um, directed to kind of bigger shelters with different resources or capabilities? Um, So usually those are directed towards the bigger shelters, but we help out when we can. Um, We helped out with a hoarding situation just a few months ago in Green Bay. Um, We we were there pulling cats out, but we didn't take the cats. They went to the bigger shelter, but they actually ran out of cat carriers. So, and we had a, our upstairs is just full of carriers because people, surrender their cats and they don't care about having a cat carrier anymore oh, true so we showed up with about 30 cat carriers um and helped out helped pulling cats out of the hoarding situation so you were you were actually physically at this yep. home yeah it's worse than what they put on tv for mm. sure like a lot of times there's deceased animals yeah yeah or, so yeah. it was like ankle deep in feces and urine oh so we gosh. had booties on over our boots um, to try to keep our feet dry. 
Um, the smell was like something I've never mm. smelled before. Just that much urine and feces piled up everywhere. Um, the cats didn't have any food or water. They had, I mean, they they had to have been eating something, but there were mice all over the place too. Okay. Um, and they were drinking out of the sub pump in the basement. Mm. Um, I, I just can't believe there was someone living in there. There were flies everywhere. It was, it was hard to breathe without getting flies in your eyeballs or up your nostrils. Um, oh. but we had like not hazmat suits, but, um. They're the suits that doctors wear during like operations sure. on where they tie in the back. And then we had masks over our faces and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was just there were cats in the rafters, cats hiding underneath things. And they're not used to people. So a lot of them were a little bit aggressive. Mm. So it was scary. But also we're not going to let a cat stay there. Yeah. So you just got to kind of like stick your arms in there. And if you get scratched, you get scratched. But um, it's for their own good, and mm. I'd rather have to go through something like that versus, like, leaving them live in those conditions. How many cats do you think were rescued? They had over 60, and it oh. was a very small house. And that was in Wisconsin? So. In Green Bay. Uh, yeah. Wow. I'm just, I mean, and it's great that there was intervention not only for the cats, but for the owner as well. Right. Yeah, and then the two here that we have... From a hoarding situation, um, it wasn't an animal hoarding situation. It was a stuff hoarding situation. So we had to go dig them out of that house, but um, they kept hiding behind things, and you couldn't you couldn't dig through all of the things to get to them. So that was definitely a struggle too. Yeah, and the cats in that kind of environment probably, and I think you hinted at this, like they they don't have socialization Mm -mm. and so they maybe have a built-in kind of anxiety or almost like feral they were pretty much feral and like even feral cats are in better conditions than that Mm. so they were sick and feral yeah so with cats um those cats that were rescued most of them went to local shelters where do you know do you kind of know or have an idea where a lot of them ended up do do they keep in contact with you at all is there kind of like a good network between shelters in the area for for that kind of stuff um there's a decent network like we feel comfortable reaching out to whoever we need to um and I didn't really keep up with all of the cats. There were way too many right. cats yeah. for me to keep up with. But um, I did see I had a couple of friends, mutual friends in my news feed that had adopted some of the cats from that situation. Oh, excellent. And it's just been like you've been able to see a variety of personalities come out of there because um, one of the black cats is super grateful and loves to be in the shower and likes to drink <laughs> the water out of everything it can, which... Oh. For me, knowing what it was like in there is like, yeah, I would too. I would drink all the fresh water I could find after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's super lovey and it loves its humans. And then another friend adopted another one of those black cats and it won't come out of hiding, which is fine. Like you can just mm-hmm. coexist with a cat. It doesn't have to entertain you. Um, so she's just letting it kind of live in her house. Yeah. And a lot of the cats were black um, because the woman only knew that she had three cats so they must have not have been fixed and they just kept mating and mating for years and that's how this situation happened a lot of them looked Siamese and a lot of them were black so it seems like the originals must have been Siamese and black oh they're all kind of related (laughs) yeah wow 
kind of on more of a a to to move into discussing what you guys offer here at the sanctuary mm-hmm. beyond just having a cat cafe. Um, so I've been to cat cafes before, and and some of them functioned as adoption or foster situations as well, and some of them were more just kind of. Uh, you could pay to come and look at cats and it's more just uh, almost like an exhibit. And and that's not how you guys function. Obviously, these are all adoptable cats. They're yep. ones that are living in a free open space. Um, so kind of like a rehabilitation, like a farm sanctuary situation. Yep. So so given that, um, what kind of programs do you have? I saw online that there is cat yoga. Yep. Which there are hilarious photos that are tagged on Instagram. So if anybody um, wants to follow Safe Haven, you should go look at those. They're really funny. And I think about like my own cats and when I've tried to do yoga in the living room and like they climb under me, they lay under me, they like scratch at the the mat. And it's like there's definitely no inner peace happening. But um, what is the point of cat yoga? And do people tend to adopt the cats or is it more just kind of a event that's fun? Well, it's a fun thing to do here, um, especially in winter when there's not a lot more that you can do. Um, (laughs) You have to do indoor events. Yeah, we in the Twin Cities get that. Yeah, um, but also people do meet cats that they end up adopting and the cats, especially the ones who have been abused and neglected, um, to be around humans in that like very calm, uh, low vibe kind of setting where the, the humans are all just kind of laying on the floor. <laughs> um, it's really good for it's them the psychologically. It's the most threatening situation. Yeah. Right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's excellent. Um, uh, I heard that you guys rose to some fame out of a viral photo. Um, can you explain the situation around this and, and kind of talk about, I think his name is Terry, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we just had an old man that started to come in uh, <laughs> and fell asleep on our couches And so eventually he became an official volunteer, um, but it was just really cute. So I took some pictures of it and the post just went viral. (laughs) Like he was number one trending on Twitter, Reddit, um, everything. Don't they call him like cat grandpa? The cat grandpa. Cat grandpa Terry. Yes. That's so cute. And you were saying you just had a, like another interview or follow up about that. Yeah, it's been a year and a half and we're still getting um, national news headlines and crazy stuff like that. That's great. So, That's really great for your yeah, business too. It's, it's awesome. Um, so kind of a segue there, given what we've discussed relating to special needs cats and what they need or, or what sanctuaries like yours need to function, mm-hmm. um, what are ways that people like me or my students or the listeners can get involved um, I know that we're from out of state, a lot of us, so um, I'm sure there are, are ways to help fund or, or give resources, but um, any ideas in that kind of area? Yeah. Um, so for us, because we do have the cats with special needs or disabilities, our our funding is one of the biggest things because a lot of the surgeries we're doing are $1,000, and mm. by the time a cat leaves, we could have spent $5,000 on um, rehabilitating it. Sure. Stuff or like the that. cost of insulin. Yes, insulin. Yeah. Um cost of some of those medications are it's so they don't have as many medications for cats for certain um, illnesses that they do for humans so a cat might have a specific kind of bacteria and it's got that we need to kill but only one clinic in the whole country has that medication stuff like that so that gets expensive too um, but also we do have an amazon wish list on our website in all capital lime green letters it just says click here amazon wish list um and then we have donate functions on our Facebook and our website as well. 
Um, we do get a lot of people asking, can I come in and volunteer? But a lot of the stuff we do is too um, specific, too hard mm-hmm. for volunteers to do. Like we're not going to ask someone to come in and learn how to give cats medications and express bladders. But anyone who comes in at all is helping the cats because they're they're letting the cats get used to them. So we say come in and pet and brush the cats and talk to them and spend time with them. And that helps a lot. Yeah. Oh, that's great. I know that in Minnesota, at least um, I might even be in Wisconsin. Oh, shoot. I should know this. There's um, Home for Life Sanctuary. And this is like if it's in Wisconsin, it's right on the border. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know which one that is. It's so it's dogs and cats. I think it's primarily dogs though and it's rehabilitation of special needs dogs too so if people are looking for more um even just more local opportunities these sanctuaries like these do exist and they all could use a lot of help and resources yes um and and so part of the reason why it's really fun to have you in an interview too is that i know that more people will now hear about you and and (laughs) hopefully be able to to provide some help um thank you so much for being on this episode um it's been really a pleasure to be here i'm really excited to go back out and pet all the cats again on my way out. Good. Um, and you guys have an Instagram and a Twitter, or do you? Ha- what's your social media situation? Yeah, so we have an Instagram. Um, you can just look up Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary, and it'll show you. Otherwise, cat underscore cafe underscore Wisconsin, um, and then Facebook. We're Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary Inc. Mm-hmm. Um, we're Safe Haven Pet Sanctuary on Twitter as well, but we like haven't gotten into using that one as much okay yeah and then you have an appleton <laughs> yep. kind of campus yep. too yeah so um we have the coffee shop in appleton so that one is actually a coffee shop with a cat sanctuary attached to it so they're two separate businesses almost where mm-hmm. coffee shop is the coffee shop and then safe haven pet sanctuary um puts all of the cats in the cat sanctuary it's almost like two buildings next door but the wall in the middle is glass okay so you can sit and have your coffee and watch the cats or you can bring your coffee in and hang out with the cats in there um so it's it's a nice it's a nice sanitary way to have a cat cafe with no um air exchange or no you know getting Mm -hmm. fur in your coffee yeah that's like the cafe meow in minneapolis i think that's they still they have the glass between the two too yeah Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's really been great talking with you um, and hearing about your cats. Um, Again, everybody listening, look forward to photos. There will be plenty. Take care. Hey, guys, this is CJ from Wicked Willow, an entirely vegan restaurant in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Come try our Wicked Mac options, all made from plants, all homemade. Thank you for listening to Seeing Animals. (laughs) 